want to show y'all some comments I've been getting on the Facebook over my last video that I posted about this whole black history thing and how black folks pretend to be angry. You know, pretending to be angry is sort of a pastime with a lot of black people, in my opinion. You know, black folks, they'll get online, they'll virtue signal, pretending to be angry, and then go right back to doing the same old thing that they were doing before they discovered the event that so-called made them angry, right? I mean, that's just kind of the playbook that's been going on probably since uh, at least a good 10 strong years now for the majority of black folks, right? Um, so anyways, y'all know I did this video talking about slavery. Uh, let me let me try to find it real quick. Look at, oh, here it is right here. Y'all know I did this video. Oh, hold on, give me a second. I'm trying to share my screen. Give me one second. Uh, which one of these screens is it? Here we go. All right, so y'all know I did this video talking about slavery, right? Um where to go? Oh, here it is. Well, I was basically talking about the how come I how come when I switch the screen? Oh, you know what? Give me a second. I gotta stop. Share the whole screen. No wonder. This is this is crazy. All right, my bad. So I was talking about the Florida Department Academic Standards, right? And when we scroll down to page six. I was talking about this line right here where it says uh, uh, instruction includes how slaves develop skills, which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. Now, I did this video over here. Um, this is like a little clip I did, but if you go to the actual, my actual channel, it was a two hour, almost uh, probably like a two hour video right here where I read through all I read through the first 21 pages of this doc, of this document right here because the first 21 pages talks about African American history and what is to be taught in the state of Florida as it relates to uh, middle schoolers I want to say elementary middle school and high school students the first 21 pages outline everything that students in the state of Florida are supposed to learn as it relates to slavery and black American history. And like I say, on that last video, that video right here, I read every single page, every single line. And this thing got hella detailed in what black folks are to learn. Now, the thing that got black people upset is the line on page six at the very bottom, the last line on page six that says instruction includes how slaves develop skills, which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. All right. This, this is the only line that people know. Right. I was watching. Um, what's your man's name? This guy right here, black conservative perspective. He did this video with Whoopi Goldberg from the view. And they were going on and on and on about how Florida is wrong and they're not teaching history. 
And I'm like, I highly doubt Whoopi in the cast even read this document. As a matter of fact, most black folks who are angry and upset with the state of Florida are Ron DeSantis. I promise you, the majority of these people did not read this document. Because if you read this document in good faith, you wouldn't, like I say, just the first 21 pages, because this 216 pages, all you got to do is just skim through the first 21 pages about slavery. You would know that Florida is going into extreme detail when it comes to talking about slavery and the, and then the effects of slavery and all that jazz, right? But, you know, most, most black folks aren't going to read this stuff because let's just keep it a buck. Y'all don't really know too many Negroes that like to read unless they're reading status updates on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or sliding DMs because hell, even with they even when they slide in DMs, you can tell that most people can barely read because of how they type anyway. But y'all know most people don't read, take the time to read. And so, like I say, I read it for you. I'm not about to read it again. But I posted this video to my Facebook fan page. Um, and I got a couple reactions from some people who are like kind of in their fields. And I just want to go through some of these reactions or these comments. Um, well, before I do that, let me play a clip of this video. Um, so I got I think I got to give me a second. Hope, hopefully the sound works on this. Right, share tab. What is that? Share tab audio. All right, we're going to try to play this video because what it is, there are some people who are saying that it was a bunch of white folks who wrote these standards and blah, blah, blah. Well, I want to show you, I want to play some audio of one of the guys who actually wrote and participated in the standards. And hopefully my audio isn't acting stupid. So let me go ahead and try to run this. Let's get it. I'm discussing these uh, standards and, and just and why Kamala Harris and these leftists are just flat out lying. Take a look. There's been uh, there's been a little bit of backlash um, to to these standards that you know were put out and you know. All right, so so this is one of the so all right, so my sound is working straight. This guy right here is one of the people who actually wrote these standards for what is to be taught in the state of Florida as it relates to African American history. This is one of the guys. Where do you go? who actually was a part of this. So we're listening to what he's about to say in regards to these standards. So let me, let me rewind it back. Let's get it. So just flat out lying. Take a look. There's been uh, there's been a little bit of backlash um, to, to these standards that, you know, were put out. And, you know, like you said that, you know, these were, these were done in open, uh, open sessions. So the public could, you know, mm -hmm. listen or watch along. Um, you know, what would what would you say to critics uh, who say these standards um, have set education back? Well, I can't answer critics whom I haven't seen or heard. The only criticism I've encountered so far is a single one that was articulated by the vice president and which was an error. As I stated in my response to the vice president, it was categorically false. It was never said that slavery was beneficial to Africans. What was said, and anyone who reads this will see this with clarity, it is the case that Africans proved resourceful, resilient, and adaptive, and were able to develop skills and aptitudes which served to their benefit. 
both while enslaved and after enslavement. Now, this is this is coming from a guy who wrote where did that document go? Who wrote that document, right? This, this is coming from him, right? How do I get? Give me a second, y'all. Trying to get my screen to pull up the other window, but it's not pulling it up. Anyways, that's coming from him. So let, let me go ahead and play some more. So you would say that you're, you know, you're standing by these standards. Um, you know, even though the vice president was very verbose yesterday. Um, well, I, I will repeat to Mr. McCarty that I'm not claiming authorship, but I'm certainly willing to stand behind the work of my members in the task force and to stand behind the collaborative process. I have read, of course, all the standards. I am quite confident in their validity and their historical accuracy and their motivations and intent. You know, amid all of this, that you know, do, you, do you think the wording should be amended? I do not, no. I, I think it would be effectively to erase people's history. You, you know, this, this was a group effort, um, you know, along with, you know, all these, everyone on the task force. Um, you know, do you have do you have a message to to people out there who you know, may be, um, you know, only consuming this news through a, a broadcast like ours or reading on the internet? Do you, is there is there a message that you want to send to you know yeah. people out there about uh, this task force and the the product that it delivered to the state? Yes, I would certainly say to people. I know that people can't engage in the in depth research which stands behind many of the task force members and a product like this. But they need to know that it is available to them. They could read John Hope Franklin, who wrote an extensive work on the history of Africans from the 17th century well into the 19th century, which shows copious examples of what we described. Similarly, Henry Louis Gates, whose slave narratives offer examples also, and Paul Finkelman's Encyclopedia of African-American History, or the more recent work by David Hackett Fisher on African founders. And I would ask people to bear in mind that when we talk about the resourcefulness of those people subject to the oppression of slavery, we're not talking only about the United States. We're talking about people worldwide, and particularly in the islands before they came often to the United States, as well as those who came directly from Africa. We're talking about the experience of oppression and how people respond to the experience of oppression. And we want people to recognize that there's an opposite to Stockholm syndrome. People don't necessarily simply embrace their oppressors when they're oppressed. They also react adaptively and they find ways to make pathways for themselves even in the presence of oppression. And that's what calls upon their resourcefulness, their resilience, and their adaptability. And from these things, we begin to see how it becomes possible for some people to see that even though people were enslaved, they made great contributions to the growing prosperity of this society. You know, it really blows my mind. <clears throat> so that's a guy. This is the guy, one of the gentlemen, who wrote, uh, uh, give me a second. That was one, you guys got finished listening to this guy right here who actually participated in writing this document, the Florida State Academic Standards, right? 
2023 for elementary, middle school, and high school students in the state of Florida, where the first 21 pages are dedicated to African-American history. And like I was telling you guys earlier, one single line out of, out of the first 21 pages of this 216-page document, the first 21 pages are for black history. One single line at the very end of page six, literally the last line on page six is what has everybody in a tizzy about slavery to where you can't even be honest when talking about did a slave learn a skill that he or she could apply towards their benefit, right? It's like when you talk to black folks about slavery, everything 100% across the board, no matter the context of the conversation in relation to slavery, black folks have to be downtrodden and beat down nonstop. Like there is no... There is no 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 potential sunlight over the horizon in any shape, form, or fashion, right? Now, when I gave my commentary on this video, um, where is it at? Uh, wherever the heck I put it. Oh, yeah, when I was giving my commentary and then I put up a little clip right here, you know, I was saying that for slaves, those who got to experience freedom, they were able to take those skill sets and apply them to where they can go out there and try to do something with their lives. And then we kind of briefly touched on the creation of unions in America and how they came about due to a bunch of white people who were getting their butts kicked in the market, per se, because all of these ins formerly enslaved people who were now free they had like ridiculous skills that they can apply towards the market because we built America. I mean, it, it, you know, it's weird when people say that we built America. Well, how do you build America if you don't learn a skill? Right. So and then I had, you know, let me go ahead. So anyways, I posted this video to Facebook. Let me just show you all some of the comments. Right. I mean, I got people in their fields over this one. Somebody says, most slaves died while enslaved, dummy. Well, I think we all can agree that that is probably a fair comment, considering slavery officially started, well, legally started in 1619 and didn't end until 1865. So everybody who wasn't around to make it to 1865, I'm pretty sure it's a safe bet to assume that the majority of those people prior to 1865 probably died enslaved. I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and make that assumption, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just want, I just, I just want to make sure that this person, whatever their name is, understands that they made a, a, a slightly intelligent comment to me. And if you're watching this on Facebook right now, please feel free to chime in and leave. Your, your, your ignorant comments so we can go over them. And we got this person says, I'm a moron. All right, that's cool. Donna says, I'm a dumbass. If you believe this BS you're spitting, you're part of the problem. So it's BS. Well, well, well let me back up. I'm a dumbass and I'm believing BS to believe that even in slavery, and once again, when I made my video, and just like what this guy said in the video, 
Nobody was stating that slavery was all peaches and cream and just this wonderful institution to be a part of. Everybody in the world with half a brain can understand that slavery was not a great institute. It, it was a horrible institution, right? You literally have people held against their will, forcing them to work, torturing them, beating them, just, just all types of craziness that we all know went down. But even still, even in the midst of all of that chaos and confusion and just downright evilness, people still learn skills. Like, I, I don't even understand how this is even up for debate. Like, there were skill sets that were still learned. And we can see evidence of that immediately after slavery, when we went into the Reconstruction era and Black folks started building their towns and their businesses. You had black folks running for political office. Do y'all y'all do know during Reconstruction, immediately after slavery, black folks was holding political offices. Um, I can't remember what the I actually looked this up not, uh, a while ago, but there were like 10 elected black folks fresh out of slavery who got elected to some type of political office all the way from some local uh, mayor stuff to the freaking governors of states. Right. Like, like it, it was, it was, it was kind of going down, but I'm saying all that to say, how do you get it booming during that period of reconstruction? If nobody had any skill sets that they could apply. I mean, this is when Tuskegee university came to life. I believe Hampton university came to life. Uh, Howard, you know, a lot of our HBCUs are older ones. Well, I don't, I got to go look that up, but I know quite a few significant HBCUs came to life. I know for a fact Tuskegee was one of them because I went to college there that came to life during Reconstruction to where Booker T. Washington, him and his students, they were literally creating their own bricks. You know, whatever the brick making process is, students literally created their own bricks and built the buildings. And some of those buildings are still on campus to this day, a hundred something years later. Some of those original buildings are still standing a hundred something years later that were built by the children of slaves or formerly enslaved people themselves. But you got people getting angry at me. For a matter of fact, let me go ahead and show y'all Tuskegee University. I'll show you one of the buildings right now. Um, images. <clears throat> Let me see if I can find. There we go. Uh, this is Tompkins Hall. This is the cafe. Is this, is this the back of Tom? Oh, this is the side of Tompkins Hall. So here's the front, and this is the side right here. There's a little bridge that goes to the side. This is a cafeteria. This building is probably like a hundred something years old, y'all. A hundred something years old. That was built by the students at that school. Where's that? Where's that one building? The admin building. Not that building. Is this it? What does that say? I don't think that's it. Anyways, I'm trying to find this one building. If they got a picture of it, that's on the Ave. What, I think this is a dorm right here. Anyways, I'm looking for this one building. I can't freaking I can't find it. I'm looking for a picture of it. I can't find it. But anyways, the point is they got buildings out there that were still that were built by the slaves, right? 
And the reason why I'm saying this is because, well, how are they able to do this if they didn't have any, they didn't learn any skills that could be applied for the benefit of not only themselves, but for black people? Because I'm, I'm a beneficiary of those skill sets, right? Uh, uh, 1998, I was a student at Tuskegee University. Going around on campus, going from class to class on a campus that was started by somebody who was born a slave that went through the trials and tribulations of building a school, getting the funds to help build a school, and then having the actual students actively participate in the physical creation of the school. To where a hundred years later, my little high yellow light skinned ass will be skipping around campus going from class to class. I mean, I benefited from it. You understand what I'm saying? So I don't even understand how, how people don't understand like, yeah, slavery was horrible. But people still learn a skill set that or, or the former the former slaves, those who were at, who had became free around that time. They had learned a skill set that was applicable towards quote unquote black progression. This person says, do get a clue. Look at today as the white man is trying to set us back now. Get a clue. Can somebody point out the white man setting anybody back? You know who sets black people back? Black people. And I'm not talking about necessarily Pookie and Ray Ray and black on black crime and all that stuff. I'm talking about black people and how they think and view themselves in such low terms to where they just can't honestly believe that if you go out there and learn a skill and try to excel at whatever skill you're learning, you try to stay out of trouble. Matter of fact, let's go back to the four tenets of success in America that I've told y'all a thousand times. All you got to do is these four things to be successful. And shout out to my man, Sir Tice. I don't know why your comments aren't popping up. Let me go ahead. But anyways, let me give you the four tenets. If you do these four things in present day modern America, can't nobody hold you back but yourself. All you got to do is graduate high school. Know how to read, write, and do math at a functional level. That's it. Can you get through high school and know how to read at a functional level in society? So when your boss gives you your paycheck, you can look at your paycheck and calculate exactly and calculate as to whether or not you are getting paid every single penny you're supposed to be getting paid because you learn how to do basic algebra in high school. Can you do that? Can you sign your name without just signing a, a letter X? <laughs> and I know they don't teach cursive anymore, but can you, can you do that? If I put a contract in front of you, a simple one or two page contract in front of you, can you read through the terms of the contract and halfway understand what's written on it before you sign your name on that line so that a year or two from now, you don't come back whining and crying, talking about you didn't understand what you signed and now you're mad that your credit is ruined. Can you do those things? Right? That's step one. Step two, can you avoid becoming a baby mama or a baby daddy? I know we all like to 
shake sheets and get laid and, and do all that wonderful stuff. Trust me, I know. I have two children of my own. But my kids were born to the woman that I married, and they were both born in wedlock. I never got a woman pregnant that I didn't want to be with for a very long time. So can you avoid becoming a baby mama or a baby daddy? And stop just getting pregnant by random people or stop impregnating random chicks and then crying about child support and the system later on. Can you do those things? Black man, black woman. Next thing. Can you avoid consciously making decisions that will put you in handcuffs and get you a criminal record? How hard is it for you as a functional thinking human being starting in your teenage years for you to go outside and consciously make decisions to not get involved in criminality, especially when you know all of the potential consequences that will come your way if you get a criminal record? There are a thousand books. A thousand documentaries, a thousand YouTube videos galore on the subject. And yet somehow you think you're going to be the special person to avoid suffering the consequences that all you Negroes constantly cry about when you get caught up or a family member of yours gets caught up in the system. Can you avoid doing that? I don't want to hear about the guns and the drugs being dropped off in the hood. You don't have to use them. They can drop a, a, a pallet of cocaine on my front steps right now. That doesn't mean that I have to take it inside my house and start bagging it up, rocking it down. <laughs> I don't have to participate in it. Because I don't want potential opportunities being closed on me. Or those opportunities become extremely hard to get access to later on in life when I start creeping into my 30s and 40s and 50s, like countless people that I do know who are going through those issues right now and we're in our 40s because they wanted to commit stupid little crimes. Got caught, opportunities closed. And now we're in our 40s and I've had conversations with some of them and they always hit me with the, man, I shouldn't have did that. Man, I should have did something different. Yeah, you should have did something different. Well, what about you, G. Dizzle? That one time you did something. Yeah, I did some stupid stuff as a teenager. Consciously did it, but I didn't get caught. But I also didn't continue to go out there thinking that I will never get caught if I keep doing this. One or two times I got away was enough for me to be like, you know what? I think I'm good on being a little criminal. <laughs> Considering I got older relatives who are in and out of jail right now, I don't want to be living like them niggas, being, being sailed up with the booty warrior. And then what's the fourth thing? Can you learn a skill, ladies and gentlemen? I know some of y'all can't afford college. I know some of y'all can't afford tech school. But can you, can you afford to create a free YouTube account? Can you afford to create a free account on Udemy and pay for a $10 a month class or whatever the heck they charge over there? Like, can you, can, basically, do you have access to the internet? Because if you're listening to me right now, 
Well, you have access to the internet. Whether you're at the McDonald's parking lot, getting their free access at Starbucks or the public library, every Negro that I know that lives in America, they all have access to the internet. You will be hard pressed to find one black person in America that does not have access to the internet. I don't care if they are living in the most ratchet hoods of, of, of all the hoods in America. Matter of fact, there's a YouTube channel out there. What's that guy's name that drives around the hoods? Uh, Bebo something. Uh, let me look. Driving around the hoods. What's this guy's name? There's this black guy, Charlie Bo. There's this YouTuber, Charlie Bo. He has a whole channel, 663,000 subscribers. All Charlie Bo does is get in his car, put his little dash cam on, and he literally just drives through neighborhoods at night, during the day, the roughest hoods. I'm talking about all the way from Mexico to Chicago to L.A. He even came through my hood at one point. He don't really say much. He just occasionally he'll say something here and there. But for the most part, he's just driving around showing you what the area looks like. And do you know what you see in damn near every single one of these videos? Every last Negro in these hoods all have smartphones. I'm not even going to talk about the clothing they be wearing, but they all have smartphones that are capable of getting cellular connections and Internet connections. Every single video. So that tells me all these Negroes have access to the Internet, which means they can get access to information to learn a skill to enhance their life. All right. So when people say the white man is holding you back or trying to hold us back. No white man is trying to hold any Negro back. White people have gone gone above and beyond at the detriment of most of y'all, in my opinion, to give you all the tools necessary that you need to be successful. Steve Jobs gave you the damn iPhone. <laughs> y'all know my personal philosophy. I think the iPhone or the smartphone is the greatest invention in history. That's what I personally believe. You got all these social media platforms, YouTube, Google, Anyways, you got access to all this stuff. You got white folks throwing your money when you go out there and, and, and tear up the streets. But you got all this stuff. But Negroes just choose to use the stuff for stupid reasons, non-educational reasons, non-skill building reasons, because niggas just want to turn up and have fun. And look, I'm not opposed to turning up and having fun, but I believe that there should be a balance. I don't believe you as a functional adult should have uh, uh, your, your turn up and fun. You, you should have about a 25% turn up fun ratio, meaning 75% of your time is trying to build your life up and get it to a certain point. And then maybe 25% or so is dedicated to fun until you get to where you want to be. And then you can start making that fun level, that, that fun number kind of go up a little bit more to about 30, 40%. The problem is some of you niggas want to have fun 99% of the time. And we're talking about going into your 30s and 40s. 
And then you niggas hop online, want to cry about white folks all day. Want to get mad over history when somebody tells you that, yeah, slavery was horrible, but those slaves who did become free, they did learn valuable skills. They may have learned them in horrible conditions where they were enslaved, whether they were forced to learn them or not, but they still learned a skill that they were able to take after they gained their freedom, whether they escaped or they were emancipated or whatever the case may be, they were able to take those skill sets and apply it. Y'all love talking about Rosewood and Tulsa, Oklahoma. Well, how were those places built up? I highly doubt in Tulsa, Oklahoma, white folks were just helping black folks all over the place just build up Tulsa, Oklahoma just so that they can burn it down later on. It was probably a bunch of former slaves or children of slaves that had learned skills which allowed for them to go out there and build up Tulsa, Oklahoma and create the Black Wall Street. And then after it burned down, guess what happened after it burned down that nobody likes to talk about? Well, after Tulsa, Oklahoma burned down, maybe a year or two later, niggas built it right back up. But you rarely hear that talked about. They actually built the place back up. And like I say, Tuskegee University, the college that I went to, uh, uh, started by somebody who was born into slavery. Taught the students skills to literally build bricks, make bricks and build buildings that I would later go into these buildings 100 years later. I mean, can you imagine that? I'm going to college, sitting in classrooms inside of buildings that were built by the children of slaves or former slaves themselves at Tuskegee University, where I went to college at, right? But you're going to tell me that slaves didn't, they, could, they didn't learn any skills because you think, you think when you look at this line right here, people are misinterpreting this to make it seem like, oh, they're trying to say slavery was beneficial. No, they're saying that certain skill sets slaves learned carpentry, domestic service, blacksmithing or whatever it is that they were doing. They could apply that towards their person. It actually says it right here could be applied towards their personal benefit, even though. The skill set, when they learned it, they were enslaved. You can still take that skill set and apply it. Because like I say, how in the hell was it possible for me in 1998 to go to class in a building that was built 100 years earlier by the children of slaves or former slaves themselves? How was it possible? So no, the white man isn't holding you back. Your mentality holds you back. All black folks today are where they are because of the decisions that you made. Every single one of you, especially those of y'all who are millennials and, and younger, especially y'all, or if you are a late Gen X, meaning you were born at the end of Gen X, like in 75 or something like that. But if, if you were born in 75 and earlier, I mean, uh, later, you niggas got no excuse. You are the most blessed generation in history as far as black folks, probably out of black folks globally. You are so, especially you young ones, you millennials and you Z's and whatever the hell else is out there. 
You niggas ain't got no excuse. Somebody says, I'm, buff- I'm full of buffoonery. I have a specifically skewed perspective on the reality of the situation. I don't believe I have a skewed perspective. Once again, I went to a college that was started by a former slave. Now, like that's where I went to school at. Buildings on that campus were built by former slaves or the children of slaves whose parents were slaves. That's, that's where I went to college at. So I don't, I don't, I know for a fact, I don't have a skewed perspective when I was literally learning engineering in a classroom that was built by a former slave or the child of a former slave a hundred years earlier. Now I'm Stefan from Django. Then we got this, we got this pasty white liberal Phoenix Honka, maddening. You couldn't reason your way out of something that is unreasonable, inhumane, murderous, and mind-chilling. Just stop this nonsensical, irrational, senseless, contradictory, illogical, and foolish harangue. Just stop. This is the most popular comment on this thread from a white chick who's basically telling these niggas essentially that, you know... You, you, no matter no matter what nigga you, you're black you're not supposed to even think that anything positive is possible <laughs> and you got these dumb negroes agreeing with it well said so true thank you what you said and she says yes truly maddening if we attempt to reason with emotionally deficient it's coming from a white chick y'all who agrees that you niggas are essentially dumb and dumber now, G. Dizzle, the light-skinned biracial coon, <laughs> has been on these YouTube streets for years talking about you niggas can do whatever you want. You know, it's amazing when a black person gets up here and tells you, you actually have talent, you, you actually have the capacity to do what you want to do with your life. And then, and then we point out resources you can use, technology you can use. And then Negroes and white folks will quickly will come back quickly and tell you that you can't do nothing because the white man trying to hold you down. And then we become all types of St- uh, Stephen from Django's and Coons. It's like, who is the real coon here? The person who's constantly telling you that you ain't shit and ain't never going to be shit? Or the person who tries to tell you, look, nigga, you can actually be and do something if you actually fucking try. And these are some of the resources you can use to help you. You just have to do it. It might not come overnight. It might take you a few years to figure it out. But if you apply yourself, you might actually succeed at something. Because everybody that I know in real life who has experienced success and they haven't joined the woke bandwagon, all them niggas, they never cry about racism and white supremacy and all that crap. They too busy out there getting it in life, buying houses, cars, taking trips, looking fresh, doing whatever the heck it is that they do to enjoy their life. Now, you'll have some that are successful 
and they're still on this woke BS. And which is weird because all the all the people that I know in real life that are successful, you know, they college educated, are they professionals or whatever they do, yada yada yada. But they're they're woke. The, the, the thing that blows my mind with these people is the way they're the way they live their lives. You would never think that they they experience any type of hardship ever. But they'll be the first ones to tell you, oh, the white man trying to hold me down. But they live better than damn near 90% of the white folks. <laughs> the white man trying to do this. They're educated than damn near 90% of the damn white population out there. The white man trying to do this. They done gone on more trips and got more uh, stamps on their passports than damn near every white person in America. The white man trying to do this to me. Their bank accounts got more money than damn near every white person in this country. But it's like, how is the white man holding you down? They don't want us to vote. Nigga, you have been voting since you were 18 years old. When have you never not voted? <laughs> when have you never not had an opportunity to vote? I've never seen you not vote. It's insane with these people, man. This person says, this man is a fool. How many former slaves have these skills? A few. Actually, a lot. Actually, a lot of slaves have these skills. What do you think slaves were doing? Just lounging around, just playing a banjo all day? According to y'all, they were working them from sunup to sundown, which is true. So a lot of them had skill sets whether they were forced to learn it or they learned it because some older relative who was enslaved passed it down to them, which I guess would be uh, a secondary way of being forced to learn it. Whatever, however, the, however the skill was learned, the skill was learned. And they were able to apply it for those who got freed. And it says slaves did not compete for jobs. Unions were not created to level the playing field for white workers. Actually, that's one of the reasons why it was created. As unions developed in the U.S. for various reasons, including the need for workers to collectively bargain for better wages, improve working conditions and greater job security. All of this stuff came later on. All of that stuff came later on. Unions initially were created because of the influx of freed black people with all these damn skills who can go out there and outwork the white man. And Tariq Nasheed, y'all pro-black God, he'll tell you that too. Workers sought to address power imbalances with employers and advocate for their rights through organized labor movements. Moreover, what skill, what skill did it take to perform the backbreaking labor of the majority of slaves? What do you mean, what skill? What does this even mean? What does this question even mean? It says, moreover, what skill did it take to perform the backbreaking labor of the majority of slaves. All right, nigga, let's see your ass go out there and do some agricultural work or do some carpentry. <laughs> do y'all think, y'all think, old buddy, Watson Q. Jones, I'm not going to click on his profile. I wonder if he knows how to do carpentry or blacksmithing or transport, you know, whatever the heck is going on. Like, these were skill sets, regardless of how they were learned, under what conditions they were learned. And there, there are more. These are just examples they gave. There are more things. 
I guess, I guess he's on the mindset that anybody can just go out there and just, just do some slave stuff. Well, all right, well, go out there. Listen, in the state of Florida, you know, we got this complaint about illegal immigrants, right? Especially when you start going towards like northern Florida, where all the damn agri where all the damn agricultural fields are. In those agricultural fields with all the people picking fruit, it's like 90%, 99% illegal immigrants picking that fruit. I saw a video where it was a bunch of white folks who ran these farms. It was well, two white dudes who was running like 10 farms. He was like, we can't find nobody to pick this damn fruit except for these illegals. And he's like, yeah, we were trying to offer to pay them above minimum wage, but nobody wants to go out there and pick fruit. And look, I don't blame them. I don't want to pick fruit either. It's too damn hot. And I ain't trying to be over there doing backbreaking work, lifting up watermelons and shit like that. But that's not easy work to where you could just try to write it off as what skill did it take to perform the backbreaking labor of the majority? I mean, nigga, it doesn't matter whether they were picking fruit, cotton, or they was in there brushing Miss Sally's hair. Your ass ain't finna do it. This video is terrible. This is a terrible video explaining away the terrors of uh, abjugation. I think that's what he meant to say. Once again, nobody is. See, this is the thing. Reading is like not fundamental to most black folks. They literally think, I, I promise you, Quincy Mitchell, I promise you, Quincy Mitchell, who studied computer science, I promise you, he never looked at this document. He only went by what was actually stated on the news about this one line on page six to where he surmised, oh, they're just trying to say slavery was a net positive for black folks. It's like, no, that is not what anybody is saying. Veronica says everything that man is doing is wrong. A slave learned anything. It was learned by force. They didn't have the choice to, as you say, blacksmith. Maybe he did not like that work. You're wrong. Don't be dumb. So I stated in my video, whether it was learned by force or choice doesn't really matter. The point is the skill set was still learned. Like, I don't even understand how this is even a, a hard concept to understand. The skill set was still learned. When I was in basic training back in 2002, I learned how to strip and buff floors. I never stripped the floor or buffed the floor a day in my life prior to joining the Army. Drill sergeants made me do it. Now, oh my goodness, you're comparing basic training to slavery. No, I'm not comparing the two. I'm just saying when I was in basic training, there was a lot of things that I was quote unquote forced to learn how to do, right? Not trying to directly make a one-on-one -on -one comparison, but this is the only example I can think of considering I wasn't enslaved and neither were you, right? But I learned a skill set that I didn't want to learn how to do to where now 20 years later, I can strip and buff a floor like it's nobody's business if I had to go out there and do it. So regardless of how the skill set was learned, it's still a skill set that one could apply. Because like I said, I'm going to go back to my example. Great Mother Tuskegee University. You're listening to the voice of a dude who went to college there in 1998 
sat in the classrooms of buildings that were built by former slaves or the children of former slaves. But you're going to tell me that they didn't learn a skill? Well, how was it that they were able to build a building that was standing almost 100 years later when I enrolled my light-skinned ass up in there and went to class? Nonsense twisted up in a pretzel trying to explain the unexplainable, excuse the inexcusable. I don't even know. All right, so this person wrote me a whole paragraph right here or a whole book report. Let's go through Glenn Brown's comment. Slavery lasted 400 years in America from 1619 to 1865, and every black slave that amounted to 60 million plus black enslaved people weren't free at all. Freedom was 100% illegal for the black slave, and for 400 years, never were, never were paid any money at all during the 400 years of slavery, and every black slave was never educated. Uh, some of them were educated. Uh, they were uh, what does it say? Taught how to read or write or learn how to count because it was 100% illegal by law. And if caught trying to educate themselves, a criminal act punishable by death. I don't really disagree with anything he just said. So I don't even know why this was stated. Because everything was federal, state, local laws illegal. Okay. So he says, so if tens of millions of black slaves were owned by white plantation owners over the 400 years of bondage, uh, slavery in America, now, we got to understand something. Y'all do know, if you go look up the numbers, I did this research like four or five years ago, probably a little longer than that. They say out of all the slaves that came to the Americas, all, out of all the slaves, do y'all know only about maybe 200,000 of them actually ended up in North America? Do y'all know that? The overwhelming majority of slaves went to Brazil, uh, South America and Brazil. Those of us who ended up in North America that we know as the United States today, we're like the descendants of about 200,000 people, slaves that came over here. Just the, so, so when people say tens of millions, and they're specifically talking about North America, that's what he's talking about. That's not actually true in terms of how many slaves actually came over here. But anyways, so if tens of millions of black slaves were owned by white plantation owners over the 400 years of bondage, slavery in America, who weren't seen as human beings, never were able to ever leave the plantation they lived on from their birth until their death, unless they escaped the plantation or weren't caught and went north to freedom, weren't allowed to save money or get a business bank loan, couldn't start their very own businesses in order to make money for themselves and their families because it was 100% illegal for all the black slaves to actually do that for 400 years, while those skills that were learned by toxic force uh, physical labor on the thousands of slave plantations throughout the southern states and some of the northern states, how exactly was that a benefit to the black slave when they weren't allowed to be free, leave their plantations, working for money, and live their lives not being bothered and being protected? So once again, I guess people don't understand that slavery ended in 1865, right? And we're not even going to talk about the slaves that escaped and went to freedom prior to that. We're just talking about slavery legally ending in 1865 and, we're not even, and then Juneteenth, two years later. So all those slaves that were freed 1865 and then two years later due to Juneteenth, which is my mother's birthday, by the way. You mean to tell me that they didn't they didn't know anything? They didn't have any like skill sets? 
I want y'all. So I'm gonna go back to this video over here. Uh, was it this one? Hold on, let me find this video. There was a quote from Booker T. Washington. I couldn't. I, I got the book up from slavery. I read that book like a hundred damn times. Like I said, I went to college there. But I want to show. But Greg, let me, this guy put it in his actual video. Let me go find this video. This one, I think it was this one. All right, give me, oh, here we go. So, this is a quote that this, I want to say this came from Booker T. Washington, if I'm not mistaken. I got to go back and check it. Anyway, this is a quote from uh, a slave, right? He says, as a rule, not only did the members of my race entertain no feelings of bitterness against the whites before and during the war, but there are many instances of Negroes tenderly caring for their former masters and mistresses who for some reason have become poor and dependent since the war. I know of instances where the former masters of slaves have for years been supplied with money by their former slaves to keep them from suffering. Yeah, this came from Booker T. I've known... I have known of still other cases in which the former slaves have assisted in the education of the descendants of their former owners. I know of a case of a large plantation in the South in which a young white man, the son of a former owner of the estate, has become so reduced in purse and self-control, meaning he ain't got no damn money, um, by reason of drink, that he is pitiable. He is a pitiable creature, and yet, notwithstanding the poverty of the colored people themselves on this plantation, they have for years supplied this young white man with the necessities of life. So this is a paragraph talking about even after slaves got free, and Booker T. Washington talks about it in his own book, you got slaves that didn't want to leave the plantation, that actually wanted to stay there and keep working because some of them felt sorry for their masters because their masters were basically going to starve and die. Is, is the general consensus because the slaves had all the skill sets to keep the plantation pumping and jumping and running without them. The white folks weren't going to be able to do anything. Now, is that something that I think should be celebrated? Uh, not necessarily, but only reason, you know, I, I don't necessarily agree with the slaves wanting to stay there and, and help their former masters. <laughs> like if I, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I'm just highlighting this because this speaks to the skill sets that were developed, whether they were forced or whatever the case may be, to where these slaves felt like, wow, I got to stay here and help these white folks who was just whooping my ass two days ago. You know what I'm saying? Or else they going to starve. Or they ain't going to be able to make no money and do nothing. Like I said, I, I think they should have let them all just, <laughs> you know, defend for themselves. But these, these skilled slaves, you know, Apparently, we're full of compassion back then. I don't know. So, anyways, they weren't allowed to be free, leave their plantations, working for money, and live their lives not being bothered and being protected. Um, we got Reconstruction. I'm not saying it was all perfect. There were issues during Reconstruction, but, you know, we all like to highlight Tulsa, Oklahoma, Rosewood, and all these other places before they burned down, how they were like little, quote-unquote, meccas of black success, and there were other little cities here and there. 
how do these how do these places come to life during reconstruction? How, how did you end up with a bunch of black politicians during reconstruction that were elected? How did all these HBCUs that were created around that time come to life if slaves that were freed? Because that's the key word here. When I put when I did my initial commentary, I was talking about people who were free, not those who were enslaved, those who were free, whether they got they escaped the freedom or they were emancipated or they got their freedom on Juneteenth. Those are the people I'm talking about. And then their children after that. How, how were they able to do all this stuff if they didn't have any skills? y'all? Remember, 400 years, four centuries long. That's a very long goddamn time. Um, I hate when people throw this 400 year number out. So six, let's, let's, all right, let's do some math real quick, y'all. 1865 minus 1619. All right, that's 246. <laughs> I don't know who started this 400 years. Cause even it, listen, even if you add, let's just add another 99 years for Jim Crow. Cause that's what it was. 99 years. We still at 345, right? I don't know where this 400 number came from, but slavery, legalized slavery, as far as 1619 is concerned, was uh, 246 years long. But anyways, we'll just roll with this number now for now. Uh, four centuries long. Um, that's a very long time. Not only... Not one black slave had that opportunity. Well, like I say, 1865 or Juneteenth, we'll just say 1865 instead of just saying both of them. 1865, a lot of things was started getting popping with uh, Black Wall Street before Jim Crow came into effect. But there was actually a time period where black folks was booming and about to get it really booming up. In and listen, if black folks had been left alone to their own devices, do you know how far ahead black people could potentially be. I mean, we could be like light years ahead, but you know, anyway, it says becoming a blacksmith, a carpenter, a cook, a farmer, a buggy or a wagon driver, a musician, violin, fiddle player, a banjo player, a housemaid, midwife, caretaker, church minister, babysitter, grave digger, clothes, washer, hunter, logger, house builder, construction worker, etc. All work skills learned as slaves, but never became free black slaves their entire lives for 400 years. I guess, I, listen, I, I guess people are just going to act like slavery didn't end in 1865 and black folks was able to actually go out there and start doing things. And then even when Jim Crow came around, niggas that like niggas this didn't have skills even during Jim Crow. Like, like, what are we even talking about here? Anyways, never left the plantation unless given permission by the slave man. I mean, like I say, people are acting like people are just listen. People are acting. Listen, we can all agree slavery was horrible and slaves had to learn things by force and they couldn't take those skill sets and apply them while they were enslaved. But why do people keep acting like slavery didn't end? And then those who were still alive when they were set free or if they escaped the freedom, they couldn't take them skill sets and apply. Like, I don't even understand how this is complicated to, to, to grasp here. Anyways, never got paid one single penny for the work they did from their birth until death. How is that a benefit for the millions of black slaves when it only financially, socially, politically and religiously benefited the white plantation slave owners, many who were white women plantation owners? 
A young, a young black infant born on the plantation as a slave, grew up, learned to become a blacksmith when he was a teenage slave, worked on the plantation and died decades later as a middle-aged or elderly slave blacksmith, died and buried on the very same plantation. He was born on and never got paid financially for none of the uh, skilled labor work he did. Where's the benefit? Once again, this person is at, who is this person? Glenn, this, this person is acting like, I mean, look, how did I go to school here? <laughs> like Tuskegee is a real place in Tuskegee, Alabama, sits in between Montgomery and Auburn, Alabama, about two hours away from Atlanta. How did I go to school here? In 1998, how was I able to go to class on a campus that was started by a former slave that literally built his own bricks in the literal sense? And taught people how to build and make bricks to build buildings that I would sit in damn near 100 years later. Like, how was that even possible if they weren't able to take them skills and apply it? How was I able to go to school here? How was Sub-Zero? He went to college the same time as me and Sub-Zero were at Tuskegee University the same years. Know a bunch of the same people. How were we able to go to school here? Same goes for the uh, slave farmer, musician, cook, babysitter, logger. All right. How much more we got to read? Good Lord. Uh, to try and also say that black slaves who were at the very end of slavery, who were set free by President Lincoln through the Emancipation Proclamation because the North defeated the South during the Civil War and having a great opportunity to use those learned and passed down domestic skills to financially enrich and benefit themselves that numbered around 2 million free slaves throughout the Southern States. He says, what happened? The reconstruction period in America that lasted between 10 to 12 years that wasn't intended to benefit the newly freed slaves didn't happen or benefit free black Americans. All right. That's BS. It actually did. It was set back due to what he's about to say next, but there was a lot, there was a lot that happened in those 10 to 12 years. The black codes were made into law, 40 acres and a mule, never happened because of the assassination of Lincoln. Former white plantation owners throughout the southern states were given back all the land they lost by the U.S. President Andrew Jackson because the South lost the Civil War. And then 100 years of separate but equal. Jim Crow laws in America came into existence that lasted 100 years after American slavery ended in 19... What? After American slavery ended in 1964, I think you meant to say 1860, whatever. 400 years of that, four straight centuries of zero financial gain and zero material resource posterity benefits for 60 plus million enslaved black people from Africa made into slaves or given birth on plantations, worked their entire lives on free on plantations, died or buried. Anyways, what is the historical benefit? Like I say, here's one right here. Good old Tuskegee University. Here's a historical benefit that I actually stepped foot on, lived on campus, went to school here. Here's a historical, here it is right here. To where the skill sets were applied, the skill sets were learned. Like this is the, this is the whole point. Like I said, you go pull up the document. Instruction includes how slaves develop skills, which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. All this stuff he learned, all these skills for those who were able to in, uh, uh, become free. They took them skills and some of them were able to apply it towards their personal benefit. Like, I don't even understand 
I don't even understand how this line is 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 so confusing to so many black people to where they're mad because like I tell you this is a 200 this is 216 pages y'all this is the document Florida State Act I live I live in Florida I got kids in school Florida State Academic Standards this is 216 pages the first 21 pages are dedicated to African American history and like I already did the video talking about all this but out of these 21 pages, these, these niggas are literally focused on the last line, the literal last line on page six. They just skipped over everything else. They went straight to that line. Nah, man, slavery. It's like, oh, my goodness. How many of y'all actually went and read this crap? Hardly any of them. Why is slavery so relevant in America as part of your journey but not uh, our destination moving state? All right. So, anyways, I just wanted to share that real quick. I just think black folks, when it comes to when it comes to historical crap, y'all see my bio, the biracial babbler, Captain Coon, leader of the Butter Biscuit Brigade, and the Titan of the Tap Dance. That's, that's me, in case y'all were wondering. Where's my where's my Booker T. Washington post that I posted? I want to see it. Oh, here, so nobody gonna. So here's what Booker T. Washington said: Notwithstanding the cruelty and moral wrong of slavery, the 10 million Negroes inhabiting this country, who themselves or whose ancestors went through the school of American slavery, are in a stronger and more hopeful condition materially intellectually morally and religiously than is true of an equal number of black people in any portion of the globe this is written by this was stated by booker t washington in his book up from slavery this was this was said by a dude that didn't have access to the internet or a smartphone who was able to recognize even back then even though niggas went through some hell during slavery Niggas was still able to come up out of that thing, those who want to apply themselves and create opportunity for themselves, regardless of what the hell was going on, to the point where even your opportunity there was better than niggas in Africa and other parts of the world. Isn't this what we say today, y'all? A lot of us say Negroes in America got it good, and it's, it's actually true compared to niggas all over the world. Hence the reason why so many Negroes want to come to America. <laughs> you know, you know, African, Caribbeans, and, you know, Europe, black Europeans, they all want to come to America for the most part. He was saying this before we had social media and the internet. He was like, you niggas got it good over here. Even though slavery was bad, you still got it better than every everybody else around the world. This was uh, from, but I wonder if they're going to go back and call Booker T. Washington a coon. They're going to call him a coon. Y'all think they're going to call Booker T. Washington a coon? One of the most celebrated and respected black biracial, but black uh, historical figures in America. Right up there with Frederick Douglass and all them. Y'all think they're going to call him a coon? Because this, this would be called cooning if you said this today. All them people would call me a coon. Listen, if I got up here and said this today, word for word, and never and, and act like it was my original quote, 
niggas would call me all types of coon. But then if I told people, well, that was actually said by Booker T. Washington, I wonder if they would change their tone. Oh, no, no. No, Booker T wasn't no coon, but you just called me a coon. And I just said the exact same thing he said. I just didn't let you know that it was him who said it. And he said this a hundred something years ago before there was a damn internet smartphone, before a damn car was around. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I just want to share that fake outrage, man. I just don't, I think black people look for any and everything to come up with an endless bucket of excuses as to why they shouldn't even try. The white man hold, where, where'd that comment go? The white man holding me down. Where'd that chick go who said that? Oh, you're right. Uh, look Look at today as the white man is trying to set us back now. <laughs> what white person trying to set her back? What white, per what white person trying? Ain't no white people setting y'all back. Listen, you live in a, y'all do realize y'all live in a liberal leaning country. You as a black person, all you got to do is just throw on your woe is me goggles and start squirting out some fake tears out your eyeballs. White folks will throw everything in the world at you, except for reparations. Now, they won't throw reparations at your ass. But they'll throw everything else at you. Then you mess around and talk about you're a black LGBT trans transformer. Oh, man, sky's the limit. You can become a millionaire overnight off that crap. Sky is the limit. Ain't a white man trying to hold you niggas back. Your inaptitude and overall laziness due to woe is me itis is what holds you back. Even, even those of y'all, you know, somebody like, I ain't lazy. I was educated and I was got this, that, and the third. I right, fine. I know a bunch of college educated people who are still infected with woe is me crap. To where they still think they can't do nothing. <laughs> like, nigga, you got all the education in the world. You got all these connections. You in fraternities and sororities. Ex-military with benefits. You're retired military. You this, you that. And you mean to tell me you can't figure out how to get something going in your life, nigga? With all this stuff you got going. Right, listen, there's one thing if Pookie and them out there hugging a the block, doing stupid nigga shit every day. It's one thing if they come around here telling me the white man holding them back, and then I got to give them a lecture about, well, nigga, you shouldn't have sold drugs. You shouldn't have robbed people. You shouldn't have, you shouldn't have became a baby daddy or a baby mama. You know, you, you should have avoided these things in life that were easily avoidable. It's one thing when they tell me some dumb shit, but it's another thing when some college-educated Negro come around, somebody who who on paper appears to have their life all together. It's another thing when these niggas come around and try to tell me the white man holding them down, days can't do nothing. Nigga, you got more money in the bank, drive nicer cars, live in better neighborhoods, be on trips every other goddamn weekend, degrees out the ass, nice job doing whatever you do, what, what, where, where's your struggle in life, nigga? 
ain't nobody trying to kick you out. You, you got decent credit. <laughs> what struggles do you got in life, Negro? You vote in every election. At least that's what you claim to do. I ain't seen you. All, all the they, they's not trying to let us vote. I don't know one nigga that hasn't voted. All these. Listen, they've been saying this crap for uh, uh, going back since George Bush, when I first became halfway politically intelligent, especially around the time uh, Obama was running. I've been hearing this crap. Every nigga that I know that's been voting since Obama has voted in every damn major election. Now, they might not be voting in their local and county ones, but they damn sure be showing up for the for the national elections. I don't know one nigga that's missed one election yet that didn't want to vote. They all they all vote. But this is stuff we got to deal with, y'all. We got to deal with this dumb crap. So anyways, fake outrage, man. That's that's all I want to talk about, man. Just fake outrage from people who, I mean, at some point, you got to get tired of this crap. I don't think it's ever going to get tiresome, unfortunately. But at some point, people got to get tired of this crap. Be like, you, you're mad, the white man holding you back. You're mad because a nigga said a slave learned a skill. That could be applied for those who are free. And you you just hella mad. Mad at what? I don't get it. Anyways, that's all I want to talk about. Shout out to all them, all my, my uh idiot fans on Facebook. Keep keep hitting the uh, like button. I appreciate that. Uh anyways, let me let me see what y'all chirping about because I'm about to chuck deuces. So I want let me see. Anybody say anything important up here? Shout out to Freeman. Shout out to Sir Tice. How do you square the circle between we built this country and we did not have skill? Exactly. Exactly. Like how, how, how does that even work? If we didn't have skills and stop saying we built this country. Shout out to Nick. What's going on? Shout out to Mr. Fantastic. Ain't no niggas trying to be first picking. Be, ain't no niggas trying to be the first picking nigga in 2023. Look, I, I get it. I ain't, I ain't trying to be picking a goddamn thing ever. I feel you, though. But I'm just saying. It's an exercise in futility. I agree. You know, I got to do something for the YouTubes, man. We all learn how to strip, mop, wax, buff floor, shine brass, boots, crease. Yeah, we learned how to do a lot. Like, I don't want to say, I know somebody's going to be like, you tried to compare basic training to slavery. No, I, I didn't. Yeah, I know it sounded like I did. But like I say, I wasn't a slave, so I can't. It's hard to come up with a, an accurate one-on-one -on -one, uh, uh, comparison for something that none of us ever went through. So... The, the, the only the, the next best thing to that is jail. And I've never been to jail, so I can't tell you what niggas do in jail. So, but I was in basic training. I couldn't, I, I couldn't leave, or else they would arrest me because I signed a contract and I had to do what the drill sergeants had told me to do. That's the only that's the closest thing I can think of. 
that I directly participated in. Slavery in America is a narrative to which people are emotionally tied. If you mention some slaves return to pay their masters back after emancipation, people lose their minds. Yeah, I always like to tell people when we, when we talk about slavery, we always talk about it from a Monday morning quarterback per, uh, perspective where we try to put how we feel today based on all the knowledge that we have today. We like to superimpose that knowledge onto the people who actually lived in that time frame. Like I had this argument with one of my brothers a while ago. I told my brother, I was like, today in the, 20, in the year 2023, we all know slavery was wrong, 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 wrong. But I'm like, put your mind into the mentality. Try to imagine you being, you hopping into a time machine and going back to the year 1700, right? Or seven, you know, whatever, 1800, 1700. When you're in the midst of antebellum slavery, we're talking about the slaves that are alive today. These are the ones that were born into slavery. These aren't the ones that were all fresh off the boats. We're talking about they were born into slavery a few generations where this is all they knew. Their parents were slaves. Their grandparents were slaves. Their kids are slaves. Their grandkids will be slaves. Their great-grandchildren will be slaves. Put yourself in that mentality of that person right there, if, if possible. Then I told my brother, I'm willing to bet there is a high chance that some of them slaves didn't know anything was actually wrong. And people are like, oh, my goodness, what do you mean by that? I'm like, listen, if you were if, if that's all you knew, all you ever seen. And everybody else around you, that's all they ever knew and all they ever seen. There is a chance that you would think that this is just the way life was supposed to be. For, I, I promise you, there were probably a bunch of slaves that probably thought that this is just how it is. That's it. Hence the reason why when you have a Nat Turner come around and they want to talk about escaping the slavery, you got the slaves out there snitching on him, messing up the slave revolts. Those slaves that were snitching, I promise you, those were probably the slaves. Most of them were probably the slaves who just thought that this is just the way things were supposed to be. Natural order. Because they ain't never seen that. Like I say, it wasn't like they had internet, TV, and radio back then. Everybody that they knew was on that damn plantation. Or the next plantation, a few miles down the street, or next town over. But when you say that, people can't believe that you would even, you would even have the, the, the balls to even conjure up that type of thought. It's like, well, yeah, I know it sounds extreme, but if you take an animal that's born in captivity, lived this entire life in captivity, they think that's normal. <laughs> I mean, that, I mean, that's just that's just kind of how it is, unfortunately. But what we like to do, we like to look back in history with all the damn books we've read, all the movies and documentaries we've watched. We got this brain full of knowledge. And then we like to act like those who actually went through it had the exact same level of knowledge to where they can look at it from a bird's eye view and be like, wow, this is fucked up and wrong. Well, a lot of them didn't have that knowledge like that. Yeah, there were some that knew it was wrong and couldn't do nothing about it. That's, that's without saying. But the majority of them probably thought that this was just, unfortunately, the way life was. Unfortunately. Uh, 
so what about the slaves who received their freedom from the skills they learned while enslaved? I think that's what we talked about, Jeremiah. I think that's literally what I've been talking about for about almost 90 minutes. My, all my commentary was really centered around those slaves who actually were able to get freedom, whether they escaped or they were emancipated or, you know, they got their freedom after Juneteenth. You know, those who actually experienced a taste of freedom without being enslaved, they were able to use those skills. And I don't understand what was so controversial about that. But anyways, that's my two cents on this. So if you want to join the coon revolution. <laughs> anyways, I'm about I'm about to chuck deuces. Y'all be safe. I'm out. Peace.